Welcome back to Two Sisters in a TV, the classic TV podcast where we discuss and remember all things classic TV. You know, I will never forget the very first time I saw an episode of Family Affair. I was in second grade and I had a Mrs. Beasley doll of my own. I had her for a few years and I'd never seen Family Affair before, so it was a brand new show to me. And when I saw Buffy with her own Mrs. Beasley doll, I got so freaked out. This is a true story. I ran, my mom was in the kitchen cooking dinner. I ran to the kitchen, grabbed my mom, brought her in front of the TV and asked her, why does this girl have Mrs. Beasley? You know, what's she doing with Mrs. Beasley? <laughs> was really, really upset and freaking out about this. So she calmly explained to me that she had the doll first. The doll was hers in the beginning and that I just kind of, you know, had my own copy of it. So after she explained it to me, then I got it. But that was my introduction to not only Family Affair, but to also the character of Buffy. So today I want to talk about the very short and pretty sad life of Anissa Jones, who portrayed Buffy on the show. Now, Anissa Jones was born in March of 1958, and at a very early age, her mother really wanted to push her into show business. I mean, of course, Anissa, a beautiful little girl, very talented. She was taking dance lessons when she was like four years old, and then she started doing commercials. By the time she was like six years old, she'd already done like four commercials or so. So her mom was very driven, very determined to make sure that she had a career in show business. Her mother, Paula, the typical demanding, pushy, overbearing stage mother. So in 1966, when Anissa was eight, producers were preparing for a brand new TV show to debut that fall titled Family Affair. It came from Don Federson, who also produced My Three Sons. So immediately, Anissa was cast in the role of Buffy Davis. Her real name was actually on the show Ava Elizabeth Patterson Davis, Buffy, of course, being her nickname. So Buffy is an orphan. Buffy and her twin brother Jody and their big sister Sissy. Their parents were killed in a car accident the year before. And they had been living with different relatives within the family. They were definitely not stable. They had no stability. They were not very well adjusted. No one in the family really wanted to keep them. And they were all split up. The three of them were divided amongst different relatives. So finally, Buffy lands on the doorstep of her uncle Bill Davis, portrayed by Brian Keith. Now, Buffy really doesn't know Uncle Bill, her Uncle Bill. Uncle Bill really doesn't know Buffy either because he and his brother were not that close. And so this, of course, you know, these are his brother's kids. So all of a sudden, Buffy and her little doll, Mrs. Beasley, land on Bill's doorstep. Of course, also he has his butler who lives with him and takes care of him, Mr. French, portrayed by Sebastian Cabot. So all of a sudden, here these two grown men are with this little adorable girl, and they don't know what in the world to do with her. But Buffy actually stole the show. The series made its debut on September 12, 1966 on CBS, and I must say that the character of Buffy 
stole the show right away. I mean, she became the star of that show from the very beginning. Every scene she was in was basically hers. And so, of course, long story short, Uncle Bill and Buffy, they become very close. And so he decides that he is going to go ahead and, you know, keep her. Because Uncle Bill, again, knew nothing about being a parent. He didn't have any kids. He was a swinging bachelor. He was an engineer, lived in this big, beautiful apartment in New York City. I had no experience at all with children, but Buffy really won his heart. And so he decided that, you know, she would just, you know, live with he and Mr. French. Little did he know that Buffy also had a twin brother named Jody, portrayed by Johnny Whitaker. And they had an older sister, Sissy, portrayed by Kathy Garver. So they showed up on Uncle Bill's doorstep as well. Of course, lots of adjustments there. I mean, at one point, Uncle Bill didn't really want Sissy there at all. But over time, you know, they all really fell in love with each other. And it didn't happen very, uh, didn't take too long for them to all really fall in love with each other and really become a loving family. Family Affair, one of the most popular TV shows on during its run. It ran from 1966 to 1971. Now, when I discovered it, this was 1978, and I was under the impression that Family Affair was a current show. I had no idea that I was watching reruns. I didn't know the show had been on before I was even born. Until again, my mom had to explain that to me. Again, I was very surprised. But despite the fact that the show had been on before my birth, I really connected to and bonded with the character of Buffy because I was that same age at the time. And the way that Buffy felt about things, a lot of the situations that she was in, just her mannerisms, her gestures, her, you know, having Mrs. Beasley. I mean, I could relate to pretty much everything about that character. So she was my favorite right from the very beginning. I liked everyone on the show. I developed this pretty big crush on Uncle Bill because I thought that he was just really perfect. I mean, he was handsome and rugged. He was strong, but he was tender and gentle and loving. He was a good provider. So I thought he was just absolutely perfect. But Buffy was the character that I related to the most. As for Anissa... Anissa really, honestly, didn't really want to be a child star. I mean, working on Family Affair, she always, she did say that shooting was really hard, that it was a lot of work, and she'd rather have just been at school playing with her friends. I think Anissa wanted to be just a regular kid more than anything else. I don't think that she really wanted fame or fortune. She just made the best of the situation that she was in. But I think that was really what she wanted, just to be a kid. Family Affair, very demanding. I mean, it, working on any TV show is very demanding. It's demanding for an adult. But for a little girl, it is. it was extremely demanding for her. And the character of Buffy was so popular at that. And her mother, Paula, I mean, even when the show was in hiatus or on hiatus Buffy was still or Anissa rather as Buffy was still making personal appearances and she was going on talk shows and she was on the Emmys and she was on laughing and so she was you know making promotional appearances across the country the little girl was always working she could never be a child and it's just unfortunate that she didn't get to experience the typical joys of childhood 
because she's always on the go, always working. Then she started doing movies. She did a movie with Elvis, and uh, I think it was called Trouble with Girls. Susan Olsen was also in the movie, the future Cindy Brady over on the Brady Bunch. But I think that the main thing that really captivated the country with the show was the fact that it was very realistic. I mean, Family Affair, yes, it was very sweet. It was sugary sweet, but it was also very realistic. I mean, they dealt with very serious storylines. You never forgot the fact that these kids were orphans. I mean, Uncle Bill loved the kids and they loved him. Mr. French, you know, again, he grew to really adore the kids and they adored him. But you never forgot the fact that these kids had lost both of their parents tragically and suddenly and that they had been shuffled around for a whole year. And they were always afraid of some kind of way leaving Uncle Bill. That was like a running theme throughout the series. These kids were always afraid that something was going to happen to Uncle Bill, that he was going to get tired of them and kick them out, or that you know he would wind up dying like their parents did. So I don't really watch Family Affair that much anymore. Every now and then I'll go to YouTube and I'll watch an episode, but now that I'm older, it's just a different feeling watching it now. It, it, the, the, the show is very, it's a, it's a tearjerker. There are a lot of there are a lot of sad episodes, a lot of sadness within the show, and even the theme song makes me sad. You know, it's kind of hard to explain, uh, but I, I still do, like I said, adore it. Have very very happy memories of watching it. Still have my Mrs. Beasley doll, actually, but I just don't watch it very often because, again, there's just a, a sadness to it. Um, I guess just being older and, and, and seeing things differently as a middle-aged adult, it just kind of changes things. And I, I wind up, you know, my, I wind up, you know, in tears when I watch an episode most of the time, not all the time, but it does happen frequently. So the show came to an end in 1971 when Anissa was 13. It was a victim of the rural purge, courtesy of Freddie Silverman. Anissa very happy to see family for it come to an end. She was 13. She was, you know, a teenager. They were still treating her on the show like she was a little girl. They still had her in the pigtails. She still dressed like a little girl. And she still had Mrs. Beasley. I mean, she really got tired of being treated like a little girl on that show. She was not allowed to grow up. She wasn't allowed to to, to flourish and, and, and to just grow and to mature, develop, and, and turn into a teenager, or even turn into like a preteen. So she felt really pigeonholed and stifled on the show by that point. You could kind of tell when you watch those latter episodes from like 1970, 1971, you could really see that she was pretty frustrated by the whole situation. So when it ended in 1971, I think Anissa was probably the happiest one amongst the cast that the show was over, because that meant that she was going to be able to be a normal, typical kid and to just live life as a child and not have to be learning lines and shooting episodes and blocking and and, and having to have a really rigid schedule. And she didn't have to work anymore. Now, she did try out for the role, the lead role in The Exorcist, in 19, which was released in 1973. She did not get the part because the producers just could not picture little sweet Buffy Davis 
in that role. So after she didn't get the part of in the Exorcist, she kind of just decided to be done with acting altogether. Brian Keith offered her a role in his brand new TV show, The Brian Keith Show, which was on NBC for two seasons, but she turned it down. She also had the chance to star in the movie Taxi Driver, but again, she turned it down and the part went to Jodie Foster. So she just was really focused on trying to enjoy living her little teenage life. Now, she always had a complicated relationship with her mother. She's very close to her brother, Paul. It got to the point where, of course, Anissa and Paul's parents were divorced, and they decided to move in with their dad. And Anissa really enjoyed living with her dad. You know, they were really pretty happy together, Anissa, Paul, and their dad. Sadly, they were not with their dad for very long before he passed away unexpectedly due to heart failure. I believe he was only 34 years old when he died. So Anissa and Paul pretty much had to come. They were at a crossroads. Where were they going to go? Paul went back to live with their mother. Anissa refused to go back and live with their mother, so she moved in with a friend. At this point, Anissa really began to begin to be rebellious. She started skipping school a lot. She had a, do- a job working at Winchell's, uh, Winchell's donut, uh, donut place. But, you know, she kept going, you know, g- jumping from job to job. Then she started shoplifting. And then her mother reported her as a runaway and she was arrested. She spent some time, a few months in juvenile hall. And after getting out of juvenile hall, then she reluctantly moved in with her mother. Because no doubt, which would you prefer? Which would you choose? To be in juvenile hall or to go ahead and live with your mother, even though you do have a complicated relationship with her? Unfortunately, this was also the period of time when Anissa got caught up in drugs. She met some new friends, or so-called friends, and they really began to turn her onto the drug scene. And she really did not know how to handle any of that. I mean, she began to take drugs on a regular, constant basis. It just became really out of control for her. Got to the point where she was skipping school so much that she dropped out of high school in 1975. By 1976, she finally was able, she was 18, legal adult, so she was able to finally receive her earnings from Family Affair, which was a total of $200,000. She immediately began to run through that money like there was no tomorrow. Now, she did buy herself a car. She bought a brand new Pinto. They were very popular in the mid-70s. She brought her brother Paul a Camaro. And most importantly, she got them a place to live. That way, they didn't have to live with their mother anymore. So she got them an apartment, and the apartment was not too far from where their mom lived. And so Anissa decided that she was going to really enjoy this money that she had worked for and that she'd earned when she was a kid. Well, Anissa had all of these really questionable characters and friends in her life over at her apartment, and she was hanging out with them. She had a shady boyfriend. I think his name was Alan. And so Anissa was just really out of control by the time she turned 18 years old. Sadly, it was on August the 27th, 1976, she went to a friend's house for a party. Of course, drugs were running rampant at rampant at the party. Anissa reportedly had been do- doing drugs all day. And by the time night fell, 
you know, the people who were at the party said that they saw her. She looked fine. She looked okay. And then she fell asleep. They thought that she'd fallen asleep and they didn't pay any attention. They, Her boyfriend took her car. They all went out. They had breakfast. They left her at the friend's house. Then they went to her apartment reportedly and pretty much took a lot of her belongings. Finally, they went back to the house. Anissa was still allegedly asleep, apparently asleep. So one of the girls decided to try to wake her up because it was you know, getting pretty late in the day, but she couldn't wake her up. So after being unable to awaken her, they finally called paramedics. They arrived and sadly she was pronounced dead. She was only 18 years old and she ended up dying of a massive drug overdose. It was, according to the coroner, it was the most massive drug overdose he had ever seen in his career. After the toxicology reports came back, it was discovered that Anissa had cocaine in her system, along with PCP and quaaludes and secondol, which of course was an anti-anxiety drug. There's also a small blue vial, uh, of a small vial of blue liquid found right next to Anissa. Not sure what that was. Not sure if any of it had been consumed. Not sure if the vial was full or partially empty, but that was lying next to her. Sadly, Anissa ended up dying at the age of 18 years old, not really experiencing life at all. As much as the life that she did experience, not very happy, stressful, and and just really filled with, with not being able to really enjoy her life. There's a private memorial for Anissa, and she was cremated. Her ashes were scattered into the Pacific Ocean. Now, the doctor who prescribed her the second all was charged He was charged with 11 felony counts. He should not have been prescribing her that medication, second all. So he ended up, you know, being arrested and he was in jail awaiting trial. He suddenly died for months to the date after Anissa did. Anissa died, of course, on the 28th of August. He died on the 28th of December, 1976. So, of course, the case was closed, but Anissa's family, her mother and brother, sued his estate, and they were actually awarded $79,500 in 1979. It was determined that the doctor was 30% responsible for her death, while Anissa was responsible for 70% of her own death. Sadly, Anissa's brother Paul, whom she was so very close to, would also die of a drug overdose in 1984 at the age of 24. Her mother Paula would move back to Detroit and she would die in 2012 due to natural causes. The only surviving cast members of the family affair are Johnny Whitaker and Kathy Garver. The year after Anissa's passing, Sebastian Cabot died of a stroke. And in 1997, Brian Keith, who portrayed Uncle Bill, took his own life. Brian Keith was terminally ill. His daughter, Daisy, had recently committed suicide. He was in a very unhealthy, precarious financial situation. Brian Keith, definitely a person who wanted to be in control of his life, and that's the way that he lived. And so he was determined that not only was he going to be in control of his life, he was going to be in control of his death. 
He wasn't going to live life that way. So he was going to bring his own life to an end. I remember hearing about his death from my mom. She heard it on the news. He died June 24th, 1997. He was 75 years old. So Family Affair, again, if you've never seen this show, I would recommend checking it out. It is a really good show. Like I said, really uh, very adult theme. That's why it was so popular amongst adults during its five-year run, because a lot, lots of the episodes adults could relate to and still can. It was a top 10 show. It reached its highest number four in the ratings during the 1967-68 season, I believe. It was the fourth highest rated show in the country. And I believe that you can watch on Amazon Prime. I think it's streaming over there. And of course, the entire series is also available on DVD. I have the first season myself. But again, I uh, watch it very, very sparingly these days. Just because I don't watch Family Affair very often doesn't mean I still don't have a very special place in my heart for this show. And I definitely have a very special place in my heart for Buffy. I'll never forget that cute little blonde girl and her Mrs. Beasley doll. Or the show itself. So I just wanted to take the time to do an episode in tribute to Anissa. Because she's someone that definitely should not be forgotten. She's someone who I wish had lived longer and who could have really experienced life. And not only experienced life, but I wish that she could have enjoyed life more than she did because she really did not enjoy her life very much at all during those 18 years that she was here. So Anissa, this episode is for you. You're still very much missed, still very much loved, and I will never forget those days watching you on Family Affair after school every day when I was a kid. Those days are forever seared in my heart and in my memory. And that's going to wrap up this episode, this tribute to the beautiful Anissa Jones and the character of Buffy Davis. Thank you so much. And Family Affair itself, the entire TV show itself. Also, Sebastian Cabot, Brian Keith, Johnny Whitaker, and Kathy Garver. Can't leave them out. And Nancy Walker, who had a recurring role on the show in its final season. So that, again, will bring this episode to a close. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for always tuning in. We'll be back with a brand new episode next week. And until that time, we'll see you all then.